if you ask me what you know the biggest challenge in the world is, is, is we're going to run out of water. We're going to run out of water. It, it comes down to water. That was Doug Stanley of Neo Labs, whom you met in the first episode of this series on innovative technologies and how they address real human problems. We also met Kim and Phil Asmundson, the owners and operators of Deep Sky Vineyard. So in the process of creating Neo, we did a significant amount of strategy work for a company that does fluid motion, pumps and valves and seals and all of that stuff. And I really had a revelation. What I learned, the National Hydraulics Institute published a, a stat that said 10% of the world's electricity is related to fluid motion. I took a step back and said, what? Then, I, then it dawned on me, every time you turn on a faucet or flush a toilet, there's fluid motion. Every time you water your grass, there's fluid motion. Right? So all around us is fluid motion. It's kind of one of those hidden infrastructure but it also went on to say that, that, that almost two-thirds of the energy that goes to fluid motion is wasted. And it's wasted because the only thing that people know to do when a pump or a valve starts to degrade is to turn them up, speed up the RPM, draw more energy. So now I said, wait a minute, so, so 10% of the world's electricity, two-thirds of it's wasted because of water. That just seemed foolish. Okay. And then I go on now as we as we start thinking about water, but agriculture uses again this magic number of about two thirds of the world's water, fresh water. And then we also learn that that about two thirds of that is wasted. The amount of water it takes to grow an almond. It's absurd. We'll come back to that almond a bit later in the program. But before we do that, let's look at the relationship between farmers and water. Historically, farmers drilled wells, pumped the water to the surface, filled a network of canals and ditches, and then when it was needed, they opened the floodgates to flood the fields. Sometimes the crops would get enough water, sometimes not enough, sometimes too much. There isn't a whole lot of science to it. Now, you heard Doug. A lot of that water is wasted. In fact, according to the United Nations, 60% of the water that's pumped out of the ground for agriculture either evaporates before it gets to the plants or it becomes runoff and ends up in streams, rivers, and ultimately the ocean. And it doesn't stop there. According to the World Bank, municipal water utilities lose as much as 30% of their fresh water as leaks and unbilled usage. That's a $14 billion problem globally. Back to systems of intelligence, right? There aren't systems of intelligence uh, for water. Municipalities, 60% of the water that goes in and out of a municipality is wasted because of infrastructure deterioration. How foolish is that? So these are, these are massive societal problems uh, that in the creation of our company, in fact, we've, our holding company, we don't, we don't market this, it's, it's called societal innovation. So that's, that's kind of our anchor point. If you ask us what we really get turned on about working on, those are things that have, you know, I hate to overuse the, you know, make a dent in the planet, but, but things that actually make a dent on society. That's really where our heads are at. So the notion of water today, to find people that, that are responsible for putting food on the table or wine in a bottle, you know, what we found is every one of them, what they're worried about, is running out of water. Uh, I had retired uh, the year before, so I was spending a little bit more time in the vineyard, and I really am not a good vineyard worker. That's Phil Asmundson. 
But I was watching Kim and her consultant at the time augering holes and going down three, four feet and pulling up dirt and then squeezing them and pronouncing some number. And I just said, what are you doing? Um, and they said, we're determining the soil moisture. And coming from a tech background, to me, you know, that was fine in the year AD 100. That's not fine in the 21st century. And I just said, there's got to be a better way. And that really launched us into looking into what type of probes could we put in the vineyard, what type of sensors could we deploy, and ultimately that led to us um, hooking up with NEO uh, to really build a platform that, quite frankly, I, I, I can honestly say this, I, I think we have more visibility into our vineyard of everything going on than maybe any vineyard, certainly in Arizona, possibly the United States. Let me add a little bit of context, if I might. If California's San Joaquin Valley, otherwise known as the Central Valley, were to declare itself a sovereign nation, economically it would be among the top ten in the world. It stretches from the Sacramento-San Joaquin River Delta in Northern California all the way down to the craggy Tehachapi Mountains in the south, a 24,000 square mile quilt of farmland that generates more than a trillion dollars in gross regional product every year. This is agriculture writ large. The valley produces broccoli, walnuts, lettuce, tomatoes, almonds, grapes, pistachios, kiwis, oranges, peaches, and garlic. It's no wonder it's called the food basket of the world. But here's the challenge, and it's a big one. From the time a seed is put into the ground until it's time to harvest, one head of broccoli consumes five and a half gallons of California's and potentially the world's most precious resource, water. A single walnut needs 4.9 gallons, a head of lettuce, 3.5 gallons. And remember our almond, the one that Doug mentioned? That almond, a nut the size of your thumbprint, requires just over a gallon to mature. Let me put this another way. The amount of water that California uses in a single year just to grow almonds would provide enough water to serve all the homes and businesses in the greater Los Angeles area for nearly three years. That's a lot of water. So now I want you to imagine a very different scenario. Imagine what would happen if the amount of water required by farming were to suddenly drop by several orders of magnitude. For the first time ever, we have the technology to do exactly that. All soil moisture readings are is a reading of the amount of water compared to soil and compared to air in the ground. That's really what it is. What soil moisture percent do you need to get to at four inches before water will start to tumble down to eight inches? And what is it at eight inches when it starts to tumble down to 16 inches? That's called the saturation point. And water dynamics in nature is incredibly consistent through all of those. So if you're trying to figure out how much water to put on to get to 16 inches, you know you better reach saturation point at 8 inches or it's not getting down there. And that that becomes an incredibly powerful thing. At that point, we're at knowledge because now we have a history and know how much to do. But ultimately, we get to strategic insights. And strategic insights, in my mind, is the ability to do something to shape a desired outcome. And because we have all the records we have, because we know so much about our soils and how water works through them, we actually have the ability to influence the outcome of the quality of the grapes, regardless of the change in temperature. If it gets hotter and the plants are drinking more, we just have to water more frequently. But, but we know when that plant is getting to the point of struggling before even you might even notice it in the vineyard when the, when the branches start to hang over and the leaves start to curl. Um, so it's not just plug it in and play. Um, 
there is some work involved in it. The challenges that farmers face are the same challenges they faced for thousands of years. Scalability is crucial. Yields have to be maximized because margins are slim, and that's being kind. Resources like water, fertilizers, sunlight, pest control have to be ferociously managed. And if everything's done correctly, if the weather cooperates, if the pests are controlled and the water is available, the farmer celebrates a good year. Now, farmers are smart, experienced people. They know their land, they know the environment, they know their plants, and they know the factors that they can and can't control. They may not always be aware of it, but they're constantly awash in an avalanche of data. Now, they may call that the benefit of generations of family experience. But the point is that farming is an art form of the highest kind. But when we enhance farming with managed, interpreted, real-time data, magic happens. The conversation that goes on between the farmer and the farm, between the farmer and the plants, becomes more insightful, more nuanced, deeper, and richer. We don't water by time anymore. Um, we do it by gallons per vine because we, our system knows how many vine slots we have in every uh, zone uh, which we water. Um, we have flow meters. We know the exact flow rate that goes into every single zone because we know the flow rate that goes in there and its range high and low from its average. Um, when we see a flow rate that's much higher than what it should be for a sustained period of time, that signals a leak. We probably have a T-line break or we have a, we have a drip, drip irrigation line uh, break in there and then the, the system can turn off and go to the next zone. So, uh, you know, this is all about water conservation. It's all about higher quality fruit, and it's about the health of the vines. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we were trying to do. And, you know, unfortunately, in agriculture, you get one shot every year to get it right. Um, but the best thing that I find about NEO and the technology is we have exactly what we did in 2018. And we already know the things we did wrong. We know how we're going to correct them in 2019. And that gives us a real chance of having a, a you know, continuous improvement philosophy in an agricultural environment, which I'm not sure really exists out there right now. It's pretty clear that the business of farming is going through a period of radical reinvention in response to both natural and societal forces. Look, in my own work, I travel constantly. I find that technology challenges are typically resolved by business solutions, and business challenges are most often resolved by technology solutions. And that's certainly the case with farming. It's the oldest industry on earth, and it's crucial to human existence. By combining the art of farming with the science of farm data, we can redefine what it means to be in the agriculture business. We broke the dependency on storage data before you start your analytic process. The notion of storing data is completely decoupled from our analytics and our, and our automation capability. That's the power of putting computation where you want it. This is full computation. This is temporal, spatial, and state. Using a technology like NEO is, uh, or, or, or any technology that's truly computing things at the edge uh, and, and is, quite frankly, revolutionizing or potentially revolutionizing the way um, grapes can be farmed, uh, is, is, it's a journey. And, um, you know, really, really have fun with that journey. I mean, the, the amount of discovery that I think both Kim and I have done it, it was never anticipated by us. And that's the benefit because that discovery has been absolutely fascinating. Uh, you know, Kim, Kim teases me that I'm the worst guy to sit next to at a cocktail party 
because you know somebody asks how's the vineyard and next thing they know they're getting a dissertation about water dynamics we've debunked a few myths our um last consultant said if you get rain it really runs off in arizona there isn't a lot of it soaking into the soil so you pretty much disregard rain events well now that we can watch the uh, the soil take up water, we know that's completely wrong. We will have some zones that will not be affected by rain, but we'll have others that we can get water down to 32 inches on a good rainstorm. The one thing that surprised me the most in this endeavor was that um, the main sensors which we use every single day to decide when to water, how much to water, what depth the plants are drinking at, how much stress are we putting on the vines, is the soil moisture probes. And the reality is the soil moisture in and of itself is is just a prelude to using that soil moisture data on a real-time basis to actually watch how water flows through the ground and then how plants take it back out of the ground. And as you start to do that, you're able to come up with very valuable information, such as concepts of field capacity, or when the soil is at its fullest level because it can hold that water against gravity. And so when we're watering, we're trying to water to field capacity or some percent of field capacity. Uh, Once we get to field capacity, any water decrease is actually the plants taking it up. We watch at what depths they take it up from. Um, so, so all of these things led us to not just combining data points to create information, but information to create knowledge about when do we rewater because the plant is struggling to take up water and is under severe stress. It gives us knowledge of where they're drinking from. So when we irrigate, we irrigate at a rate that only takes us down using water dynamic strategies only to the levels where the plants are drinking because water is the new oil in Arizona. Because of that, we saved about 1.6 million gallons of water this past year. And when you consider we only have 15 planted acres on a 20-acre plot, that's a tremendous amount of water to save, particularly in an arid environment. But it also allowed us, because now we knew when we were stressing the vines, because we're, again, real time. This is not, we took a reading and we look at it 24 hours later. We're looking at a reading right now that's less than six minutes old. Neo bridges the gap between art and science, and the results, whether seen locally at a small operation like Deep Sky, or globally, as we could see in Africa's Rift Valley, which is five times the size of California's Central Valley, just as fertile, and could be capable of feeding the world, those results are nothing short of what Arthur C. Clarke imagined when he said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. I travel the world in my work as a consulting analyst, and I've seen firsthand what happens when the right technology is applied to the world's most vexing problems. NEO is one of those technologies, and when applied to farming, the results are nothing short of magic. But the truth is, it goes way beyond farming, as we'll see in our third and final episode in this series on innovative technologies. Thanks again to Kim and Phil over at Deep Sky and to Doug Stanley at NEO. And thanks to you for listening. I hope you've learned some interesting things from this series. If you are, would you mind taking the time to leave a comment over at iTunes or SoundCloud? That's how we get the word out about the Natural Curiosity Project. I'm Steve Shepard. Thanks for dropping by. 